All right. Well, I want everyone to say deeper. So as you know, our theme for this year that God gave us is deeper. And every month we're going to be, you know, might not always be quite fit that perfectly into boxes, but we're going to focus on different areas and different things where God's taken us deeper. And so as we prayed, we felt that for February, and obviously there's some natural connect points, we wanted to talk about deeper relationships. And we talk about how God is going to take us deeper relationships. And every week we want to focus on different aspects and different areas of relationship. So this week we wanted to start, you know, with uh, one of the challenges over the last couple of years, I'm sure many of us have battled, has been isolation, has been uh, staying connected with friendships and relationships. It's been hard. We're so often, you know, there's been social distancing, but it's often turned into social isolating. There's been a whole journey for many people. And so we wanted to kick off this month and talk about deeper relationships and really in the area of friendships and in connecting to each other. And so instead of having a preacher, we thought we'd do a panel and just let some different people share. And so I want to invite my wife to come. And then we've got our panel uh, discussion. Now we're going to do something a, a little different in that we're going to have kind of part A and part B of the panel. We got some guys sharing, then we got some ladies sharing so we can hear from both perspectives and we can do that. But I want you to join me online as well in welcoming the gentlemen who are coming first with my wife for the first part of our panel. So just put your hands together. Let's welcome them. <laughs> Can you hear me? Can you guys hear me? Oh, there we are. Kind of excited to interview these these guys here. So you do have to take a microphone, gentlemen. And you can come, maybe you can come a little closer. I feel like you guys are, you know, long distance running there. So we're going to be talking about uh, just a couple different things on peer relationships. And we felt like it was really important to have both a male perspective and a female perspective. How many people know how men do relationships is a little bit different than how women do relationships? Right? Like if it was up to me, there are things that, you know, there were going to be mall trips, baked goods, food, chick flicks, rom-coms. I mean, it would be a whole different thing, right? But we do know that guys do things a little bit different. So we wanted to have a little bit of a, you know, cross-section of men here on the panel. Um, So I'm just going to jump in and ask some questions. I'm actually going to start with you gentlemen on the end. Uh, And I I, I apologize, I didn't give you a heads up. So here's your heads up. Take a deep breath, a few seconds here. Um, But how many people know we are in a culture and a society right now where um, because of COVID, because of all things pandemic, it has forced many people into home settings where they're not able to connect with their friends on a regular basis and where loneliness has set in and people are are really struggling in their mental health with loneliness and stuff. So I wanted to ask Andrew Gillis um, a question just about key important important keys on maintaining community and developing community in the middle of, you know, all that we're going through right now. Because once again, he, um, just with resilience, fitness is one of the things that they do, him and his wife um, and his business partner, Josh. um, And they have a lot of community going on right now and have maintained community during the pandemic. So what would you say are a couple key factors that are really important right now in combating loneliness? Yeah, is this work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you hear him? Can you guys hear him? Ah, um, oh, awesome. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any, um, you know, strategy or a way of doing things. I think we really have to remember that Jesus 
did community with people. Like he, he was always with people. He was always feeding people. He was, he was always hanging out with people. Did he you was, say feeding people? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. All the ladies in the house. There has to be food with community. Absolutely, go ahead. So when I look at Jesus, I, I just think, man, he was always around people. And one of the things that he did so well was he literally just loved the hell out of people. And he was always um, healing the sick. He was, I could, I could just imagine him sitting in front of someone and just being totally present, looking them in the eyes and just giving, him, giving them all his attention. And I think that's community. And um, I think people are drawn to that when you give people attention and you focus in on what it is that they need. And um, sorry, I'm a little nervous right now. No, no, I mean, I mean, you just dropped some truth right there. Um, Food, focus on yeah, attention. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, when you look it's at good. scripture, it's, it's the goodness and kindness of God that lead people to change. So I think about Jesus and how, how we're supposed to represent that, that goodness to people. And that draws people into community. Absolutely. So how have you guys done like goodness and kindness in this pandemic? You know what I mean? Because once again, you guys have had a lot of people, they're in the sports in the uh, fitness arena and uh, once again fitness is so important for our mental health but how have you guys drawn you know on that goodness and kindness on loving some of those in your community just just being present I think people want to be heard I think people need someone to to listen to or to be listened and um, I think uh, you know not going in with expectations you know, just, just becoming completely neutral when you're talking to someone and just letting them share with you and then just being good to them, being present with them. So good. I think so many of us need uh, someone to be able to talk to in this season and time. Like, you know, and I know there's in this congregation, there's a variety of people. There are people who are, you know, married, people who are not married, but we all need to be seen and heard. Awesome. Um, I'm going to throw a question at you, uh, Pastor Samuel. Um, C.S. Lewis made this quote, which I think was an awesome, brilliant quote. It is this, friendship is born at a moment when one person says to another, you too? I thought I was the only one. I'm going to read that again. Everyone went, "Mm," right? Mm." (laughs) Friendship is born at the moment when one person says to another, you too? I thought I was the only one. Pastor Samuel, what would you say are some of the biggest hindrances uh, to vulnerability in a peer relationship? Because once again, it takes vulnerability to have that moment where people are like, oh, you too, you've been through that too. Like, what are some of the hindrances? Before I answer that question, I want to say that I too love malls. I too love food. I too love all these different things that you associated only to ladies. So in my peer relationships with some of my friends, I do those things too. Answer Just the so question, Pastor Sam. I do. Okay. Me too. My brother-in-law from the front row. Yes. <laughs> so that's, a, that's an absolutely fantastic question. Um, what are some of the hindrances to vulnerability? I think fear. Um, and the reason why we're afraid is because we've been burned before. You know, we, the more you live life, the more you realize that people will let you down. Um, and people do let you down. So we, we develop these, these mechanisms that we think keep us safe. So we're like, you know, someone hurts us. And in our hearts, we're like, you know, I'm never going to, you know, let's say you lend your pair of shoes to one of your friends and they're fresh Jordans. I love Jordans. Fresh Jays. They wear them. They scuff them up. They rip them up in your heart. You're like, I'm never lending anybody ever, ever again my Jordans. And then 
just you just made an inner vow that stops you from abiding in community where you can lend something to 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 your friend. But I've taken on a on a greater scale where it's your heart. You've given your heart to someone in friendship, and this person, because they're imperfect, they break your heart or they do something, they, they cause betrayal, and that causes you to create these defense mechanisms that says, I will never do this again. But we don't realize that those defense mechanisms also serve as, I'll call them love stoppers. So it's like these walls are come up, they, they stop from being hurt, but they also stop you from being in a relationship and being in love communion with a peer. That is good. Pastor Jair, do you have any thoughts to add to that? Any you know, hindrances that stop people from opening up their heart and being vulnerable right now? Fear being a primary one. Any other thoughts on that? I, I will jump along the same line because the, the hardest issue for us to open our hearts is to be disappointed at what the other person is going to think about us. And unfortunately, in our Western context, we live in a society that lives of the what would others say about me? We, we care more about that. We care more about image than uh, being transparent and, and vulnerable. And, and the other thing that I, that I would say that is a big hindrance, and, and it's something that I quote uh, different times, we have lost one of the, the spiritual disciplines that the Bible talks about, and it's the, the discipline of confession. And, and it's a tough position because when we confess something, we are going to be put not only on the spotlight, but me as a person, me as as as, as being is going to be sitting uh, on the on the chair of judgment, on the seat of judgment. Now, the difficult part I believe is when I am sitting not in being vulnerable but listening to the person that is being vulnerable. Because if I take the position of judgment, if I don't look at the other person with grace, and I don't, if I don't put myself on their shoes, I'm going to be a huge disfavor to the other person and I'm going to cause the other person just to be close. And I think that as believers, we need to learn, as, as Andrew was saying, from Jesus himself. Because in the, the, the only people that we see that he was harsh with in the Bible, those were that were religious, that they were self-righteous. All the people that came to him in, in, in humbleness, vulnerable, open, Jesus always embraced them and always gave them hope, always gave them encouragement uh, so, so they could change. So. That's so good. That's so good. I think just to combine the both of what you just said. So fear, because once again, you know, we're, we're fearful of rejection, but also this whole thing of self-righteousness, I think is huge. Nobody wants to feel judged. Nobody wants to be in that position where they feel like, you know, that what they're going through, they're the only one in humanity going through it. Now I want to, I want to ask a pretty vulnerable question to you. Is that okay? Can we ask them a vulnerable question? I know the ladies would be like, go ahead, pastor. You know, guys are a little bit like, I don't know. Um, What would you say is one of the hardest places for men to be vulnerable with one another? Or as Pastor Jair said, as the Bible commands us to confess our sins to one another. What would you guys say? We're going to, we're going to go through the, the role here. Okay. I'm going to start with you, pastor. Then I'm going to go to you. And then I'm going to go to this gentleman right here. Well, I'm going to go for the journey on this one. I think sexuality, I think that, um, 
a lot of men, a lot of us struggle in our sexuality, um, in, in just thoughts, what you watch, and all this different type, type of stuff, but you don't want to um, make yourself vulnerable because of the fear of judgment, because of the fear of what will be thought of you. So yeah, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say sexuality. That's good. What about you, sir, on the end? I would say uh, marriage. Marriage. Marriage, okay. for sure, <clears throat> and definitely um, doubt. So I think as men, we all at times experience doubt, and we have to talk about that and really um, confess that to one another so that we can speak life into one another and overcome doubt um, and really pray together. Just bring doubt to, you know, I talk to Pastor Samuel all the time about things that, you know, I, I have a tough time overcoming or just doubt, and we pray together and we talk about it, and that does a lot. That does a lot in relationship. That's good. Pastor Jair. Honest relationships. Because something that Pastor Samuel touched, in, and, and you also mentioned, Pastor Sharon, for us as men, relationships is sitting in a living room in front of a TV watching a game and sharing chips and saying, hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. <laughs> but that, that, that's, that's, that's true even for, for some of ourselves. Uh, and I think that as men, once again, in the context of Western society, we have been taught that we need to be matchmen. That's from, from Hispanic to the North Americans, all the spectrum, we, we are tough. We don't cry. We don't share emotions because that's for, for sissies, that's for... for, for not the, that's for girls. I was going to say, are you going to say girls, women? Yeah. That's okay. That, that's what we yeah. are taught. That's what you're taught. That's yeah, what absolutely. we're taught. And, and once again, that is so damaging for us, not only as men, but as human beings. Because we were created to be relational. We were created to, as we've been encouraging people to go deeper. And the interesting thing is that that's even reflected in the way that we relate to God as men. It's unbelievable to see a man crying in an encounter because we don't do that. That's once again. And, and yeah, I would say that true relationships, like going deeper in relationships. Going deeper. Yeah, that's so good. Thank you guys for sharing on that. Um, just a scripture here out of Psalm 101, 2 to 8. Um, I believe this is David. He says this in the Passion. I love it. It says this. I'm trying my best to walk in the way of integrity. How many people would agree with David? I'm trying my best, you know. Um, especially in my own home, but I need your help. I'm wondering, Lord, when will you appear? I refuse to gaze on that which is vulgar. I despise the work of evil people and anything that moves my heart away from you. Every perverse and crooked way I put away from my heart, for I will have nothing to do with the deeds of darkness, and I will silence those who secretly want to slander my friends. I will not tolerate the proud and arrogant, and my innermost circle, listen to this carefully, my innermost circle will only be those who I know are pure and godly, they will be the only ones I allow to minister to me. There is no room in my home for hypocrites, for I can't stand chronic liars who flatter and deceive. And then it goes on to talk about all this. And at the end, he says this, I will do all of this because of my great love for you. So based on the scripture, um, Pastor Samuel, what do you feel is most important when it comes to choosing close friendships? You know what, I, I would say, um, as, as David said, integrity. I think people 
you want to make sure that those who are closest to you are ones who have integrity and are trustworthy. You know, I look at the life of Jesus, and he also did it where he had the three, he had the 12, and he had the crowd. And not everybody had the same access to him, and he chose them purposely. So I've adopted the same thing where my, my three, my three that I am most vulnerable with, I know that I can trust them with every aspect of my heart. Where it's like, you know, I know that if I am weak, they will give me good advice. I know that when I'm strong, they will cheer me up, cheer me on. I know that like whatever it is, they will pray for me, they'll be around me. And if they lack integrity, then in my weak moments when I am, let's say, doubting, I am weak, what kind of advice are they gonna give me? Or where are they gonna lead me? To God or to themselves or human wisdom, so on and so forth. That's good. Pastor Jair, what would you say, um, you know, in light of that scripture too, and just about um, having close friends, because once again, David talked about allowing those to minister to him that are uh, integrous, you know, what, what do you feel like uh, is important when it comes to accountability for men? Like, you know, once again, I, I, from my perspective, women tend to be a little bit more open and forthcoming, uh, allow, you know, their friends to minister to them. What do you think is important uh, in that place of accountability and what does it look like for men? Definitely, uh, like, two things. First, what Pastor uh, Sadmir was saying, uh, being integral, not, not only in what we say, because, because many of us say too many things. Right? A lot of people saying a lot of things in the streets in Toronto. Absolutely. Even as believers. Like, uh, I had an opportunity once to preach to a group of pastors. They didn't invite me again. <laughs> but, I mean, we need to be honest. And I think that as, as, especially for us as Christians, we have been tough to ourselves and to one another and we have created this expectation that the church is a perfect place, is a safe place, is a place where you're welcome and it's not because we are people and if there is two marks of the three churches that we are going to offend each other, that's a given. It doesn't matter where you go, what church, you're going to be offended. Uh, And the second mark of the true church is that we are going to overcome that offense in love. So definitely being integral to our walk, what we say, what we think, how we act. But the second thing is learning how to be vulnerable, learning how to be known and to know each other, because that's the only thing that is going to bring accountability. If I don't know what you're struggling with, how am I going to be of support of you? If I am not vulnerable with what I'm struggling, how I expect to receive the support from those who are around me. And the only way that we will make it in this journey is when we are supporting each other, when we are accountable to each other. So I love, I think I love what you said there, and I think you referenced it too, Pastor Samuel, is being seen, allowing people to see you. The good, the bad, the ugly, the weak, the strong, and allowing people to contribute to that. I'm going to end with this question with you. This is a little bit off-roading, so it's not on the, no- the, the notes I gave you. But, um, Andrew, what would you say, you know, you, I think about the community that you and your wife lead, you know, um, what would you say for you guys as like really great friends? Like what would you say is a core value that you look for in other people that once again, as Pastor uh, Samuel put, uh, that are in your close sphere of influence? Like what is a core value for you? You know, is it integrity? Is it godliness? Is it fun, adventure? Like what makes somebody like your boy? Like this guy, I could roll with this guy. And def- <clears throat> definitely someone who calls you to a higher level uh, or... Um constantly pushing you 
for more and challenging you. I think good friends are the ones that tell you the truth, the ones that really call you for more. They see you where you can be, not where you are. And they constantly pull you forward. And it's almost uncomfortable sometimes to be around them. Right? You're like, you're like, why are you here? You're angry. Sometimes. Get out of my Especially face. Especially at 6 a.m. when we're working right? out. It's like, 6 why? 6 a.m. in the morning. Why are you yelling at me? No, but like the people that pull you forward and it's like, it's tough sometimes to be around them. But after the fact, you look and you're like, man, that, that person had my back. They saw what's truly in me. Yeah. That is so good. That's awesome. Let's give these guys a hand. They did well. They did well. You guys are free to go. I'm going to invite... I'm just going to invite the ladies to come, and I'm, I'm a part of the lady panel. Yeah, if you guys want to come, you got to come quick. I'm going to scoot over here. Didn't the guys do well? You know, I was a little bit nervous about it for a minute. No, I don't know why I was nervous. I had no reason to be nervous, but... So now we are going to hear from some of the ladies. I'm actually not going to do this interview. Pastor Brennan is. I'm on the panel, so here you we go. on the panel. I am on the panel. All right, my wife is on the panel. I am now taking over with these wonderful ladies. You want to introduce yourself really quickly? Just say good morning and hello. Good morning, hello. My name is Kalenia. Good morning, hello. My name is Miranda. Good morning, hello. <laughs> Pastor Sharon. They're all making fun of me now, but it's okay. <laughs> um, I do want to go on record as well in uh, saying that I don't like malls. So I just, just that Pastor Samuel loves the mall. I don't like malls, but I'll go to the mall because I love my wife. And so that, that's, that's what I say. Wow, I, I got a hand clap for that. All right, I got a hand clap. I will go to the mall because I love my wife, but I'll be honest, I run out of gas pretty quickly. So anyways, but I want to just focus in around the same questions and wanted to hear from the ladies and hear their perspective as well. So why don't we start again with that first question was in a time of season, in a time, season and culture where many people face loneliness. And I, I think many people here, it's, I mean, there was kind of a, a meme going around once first things started to open up after a real long season of lockdown. And it was kind of like people at a party and they're like, I don't even know how to say hi to people. I don't know what to do. It was like, but even in, like we were, we were in at an interview for something just this week and the lady marched out and she shook my hand and she's like, oh, am I supposed to do that? I don't know. You know, shaking hands and I'm like, honestly, I'm okay. But there's so much an interaction. And, and um, so what are some things that you're saying? What are some important keys for developing community in this time? And uh, Kalenia, maybe if you want to start, we'll just go down the line, <laughs> put you on the spot. Um, yeah, so uh, when I think about this, I think sometimes um, we think about community, when we think about it, especially in, ter- in this, uh, during this pandemic, we think about, okay, how do I learn how to be in large groups or be with people? But also it's important to keep in mind that community can also be connecting with one or two people. So you don't always need to be in like a large group or like, how do I do it? It could just be, let me get two people on my list that I check in with at least once or twice a week. You know, I, I keep a list of my, my WhatsApp, and I'm like, hey, are you alive today? How are you doing? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? And that could be, that could be it. Because I think that some, it's so easy, um, and when I learned going through this pandemic, it's so easy to get used to you, me, me, myself, and I, and get used to what's going on in your own head and getting lost in that. So even connecting with one person will take you outside of your head, getting another perspective outside, and it feeds a part of our, our soul that we often forget about when we don't 
connect with at least one other person. No, that's, that's really good. Uh, I think you gave us a nugget there. So get, get WhatsApp and create a, hey, are you alive list? <laughs> and uh, and that's, that's good. Miranda, how about you? Um, yeah, I think this like season of, I don't know, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, um, it's taught me a lot. So naturally, I'm a more introverted person, and I really enjoy you know just time to myself. So when all of this first started, I was like, literally away by myself, just like living life, right? Like, and um, one of my best friends, we're actually opposite in like everything and she's super extroverted. And one day she called me up and she was like, just really upset and just, you know, like I can't handle this. And it, it dawned on me, I was like, wow, yeah, people, there are people who would struggle with this because I was just, you know, fine. Um, and I think through it, what it taught me and something that I've tried to like go forward in is, is just being really intentional um, and, and thinking beyond myself. And um, yeah, so sometimes that intentionality looks like exactly what Kalenia was saying, is just hitting people up and asking them how they're doing. And I think if, if anything too, in the last few years, it's taught us um, to kind of like think about how we see community, because in a lot of ways we see it as a physical thing, right? Like gathering in a place physically, um, but it's so much more than that, right? It is just connecting heart to heart, which can happen like face to face, but it can also happen over a phone call or I don't know, Zoom if you're not fed up with Zoom by now um, or whatever it is. So I think the biggest thing for me was just to be intentional and to check in on people, um, to just constantly be having conversations. That's good. Am I there? Can you hear me? I'll add to that. I, I think these guys answered like amazingly. I don't, I don't think there's much more that I would add other than this, that I think that um, dealing with community and this issue of developing community does start with oneself and asking oneself um, daily. I found myself asking myself, what am I in need of today? And what are those that I love dearly in need of today? Um, it's kind of like what Kalenia said, like, are you still alive, list? But I do think it, it, it also starts with asking yourself with the help of the Holy Spirit, the community of you and God, what is it that I need deep down inside of my heart today? And chances are that what you need is also something that somebody else will probably need today as well in your close community. Um, so I love the intentionality. I love the purposefulness of WhatsApp group and lists and reminders and notifications. I mean, there's so many ways to keep up with people, um, but there's, there's really having to keep up with yourself and God regarding that as well. No, it's all really good insights. Um, I, mean, I definitely want to give a shout out to my wife on this as well, too, because uh, she's very good at relationships. I've learned so much from her. It's one of the biggest things that I've learned from her over, what are we coming up on 17 years of marriage now? 17 years uh, in two months. So I've learned a lot on relationships and just with Our that. marriage is a teenager. It is. Well, it's almost in like his 20s. Like an almost a young adult. Wow. It's almost in his 20s. Okay. There you go. So, all right. So I want to read that C.S. Lewis quote again, just because everyone seems so impressed by it. But it said, friendship is born at the moment when one person says to another, you too. I thought I was the only one. And I mean, there is such good truth in that. But again, as the gentleman shared for, from your perspective, ladies, what would you say are some of the biggest hindrances to vulnerability in peer relationships? What are some of the big, biggest blockages? Even we're talking this month, going deeper in relationships. What are some of the biggest hurdles to overcome? Maybe we'll start on that end and come this way now. So Sherry, I think start. in female relationships, um, it's the fear of rejection and jealousy. 
I think women sometimes, and comparison, like that, it's like that nasty tri pod of jealousy, comparison, and fear of rejection. Um, so you don't want to be fully vulnerable because you think, you know, you're going to be judged and rejected. And then, or if you are appreciated in love, are you going to be jealous? Are you, is someone going to have jealousy towards you and compare themselves to you? And then they, it, it's like this nasty thing. So I think that for me would be the answer on that one. All right. Miranda? Yeah, I think um, to vulnerability is just risky, right? Um, Sometimes it's the fear of how someone will react to whatever you're being vulnerable about. Um, sometimes it's the rejection, like you said. Sometimes it's wondering, okay, if, if what I say in this place of privacy and in this really vulnerable moment, um, is, is it going to get out to someone else, right? Like, do people understand that when I'm having a conversation with you, I'm having a conversation with you, right? So. I think, yeah, I think all of those things kind of combined together, um, yeah, it's just risky, right? You just, you don't know. It's like you want to trust people, but sometimes it's hard, right? Because even the things that we're vulnerable about, usually they're things that we hold really close to our hearts, right? Or they might be struggles that are really close to our hearts. Um, yeah, vulnerability, it's usually about things that are very, very meaningful, and that naturally makes it risky to actually go out and, and to share it. Um, but I think when it's met with love and, um, yeah, and, and in, a, in a place of safety, then it's truly like one of the most incredible things as well and elevates any relationship that you're in, which makes it worth the risk. Awesome. Glenn, anything to add? <clears throat> uh, yeah, so I, um, like isolation is really a tool of the enemy. And I, I always think about um, like how he implements it, and I think in, in, in agreement with what's been said, like comparison is a, a big one, and it's fear of judgment, and especially when it comes to, you know, you know, work so hard to show people who you are, so you create this image of yourself, and you have things that you're going through that doesn't line up necessarily with what's the image that you put out there. So if you are vulnerable with others about what you're dealing with, then there's a, a fear of, yes, it might, your business might be on the road now, but also it might affect how that person um, sees you now and how they're gonna treat you. So even if that person doesn't share your information, you're now concerned with, but now that person sees me differently and now they're gonna treat me differently and um, will, going forward, if I move through this, will they come to me with, with, for, for help because they know that I went through this in the patch? So how is this gonna affect my future with this person? And then if the information goes out on the street, now how, how's everybody else gonna deal with me? And sometimes the risk seems too great, so we try and deal with it ourselves, but it never works out because the Lord has created community for a reason and iron can't sharpen iron by itself. Like it's just going to stay there and rust and get dull and become useless. So we were meant to, um, we we're meant to go in through community, but definitely, um, I think fear is a huge, huge tool that's being used. That's oh, really good. I was just going to throw something. How many people feel like vulnerability is a scary word? Hands up high, right? Like, I think that that's something, particularly in communities with women, and I, I think you both said it well, and we both chuckled when you said, like, all your business out roaming streets. <laughs> Nobody wants your business roaming streets, right? And I think that um, there's something in the body of Christ that we all have to mature into, which is how to 
be present. I think one of the guys said it and keep your mouth shut, not judge and love because your day is coming as well where you're going to have to bring your own heart to somebody and you want that to stay in a safe place. That's great. Uh, let me read you a scripture from Psalm 101, 2 to 8 from the Passion Translation. It says, I'm trying my best to walk in the way of integrity, especially in my own home, but I need your help. I'm wondering, Lord, when will you appear? I refuse to gaze on that which is vulgar. I despise works of evil people and anything that moves my heart away from you. I will not let evil hold me in its grip. Every perverse and crooked way I've put away from my heart, for I have nothing to do with the deeds of darkness. I will silence those who secretly want to slander my friends, and I will not tolerate the proud and arrogant. My innermost circle will only be those who I know are pure and godly. They will be the only ones I allow to minister to me. There's no room in my home for hypocrites, for I can't stand chronic liars who flatter and deceive. At each and every sunrise, I'll awake to do what's right and put to silence those who love weakness, freeing God's people from their evil grip. I will do all this because of my great love for you. I love especially that verse 6 where it talks about my innermost circle will only be those who I know are pure and godly. They will be the ones who are allowed to minister to me. Uh, based on this scripture, that part, but other parts as well, uh, what do you feel are the most important things when it comes to choosing close friendships? So what do you look for? What are the qualities that are important to that? Maybe Miranda, we'll start with you this time. Sure. Um, yeah, I think definitely character is a huge thing. Um, yeah, I'm one of those people that's, like it takes time for me to, to go to a deep place with people. Um, but it's also something that I value the most in friendships. Um, I'm not really good with surface level things. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I just love having um, honest conversations, deep conversations, you know, like just talking about like what is really going on in our hearts. And so for me, a lot of the time it's kind of assessing who has that capability, right? Because some people, they're not able to go to those places and that's fine. Um, and then it's also just, I think even like the, the men we're sharing, is it, it is that piece of integrity, you know? Are you somebody on your own, like are you the same on your own as you are in public, you know? And that's something that even for myself, that's what, what I try to, um, live out as well, right? It's like constantly like, God, make me a woman of integrity, right? Somebody who is the same, who's consistent um, all the time. And so when I'm looking at friendship, that's, that's how I assess it as well, is just kind of like who, yeah, who is consistently, who's consistent, sorry, in their character. Um, and I mean, honestly, for me personally as well, because God is such a huge part of my life, well, really like the center of my life, that's really important as well. Um, and so I think sometimes even when it comes to the spiritual aspect of things, um, yeah, that's, it kind of determines the, the deepness as well. Because when I'm talking about like going deeper, that's often what it is. Like that's what's on my heart, not in like a holier than thou way, but that's just, this is what's the most important to me. And so, you know, I do have friends that aren't believers um, or maybe are not, I don't know, like not mature in their faith yet or whatever it is. And obviously I befriend those people and those are awesome people. Um, but when I look at like what you're talking about, like that inner circle, it's usually people like of integrity, of good character and that are, yeah, just really serious about pursuing the Lord and that I can encourage in that and who've actually been a huge encouragement for me in that area of my life as well. That was good. Claudia? Yeah. Um, it's, the thing that keeps going around in my head is having like healthy boundaries and um, 
and assessing which circle people are in. It's really necessary to have that those boundaries uh, set before you meet the people um, so that you can, it's not necessarily judging from a wrong place, but not everybody's meant to be in your in your inner circle. In my mind, I, I always see it as like a house. So who lives in the house with me? Who's allowed in the front yard? Who's allowed in, in the backyard? Who's allowed? So you can come to the house. You just might not be allowed in the house or in the bedroom or... Stay in the, the front yard. Stay in the front yard. Okay, you can come. Stay. We have stay food on, on the, the front yard. There's, there's something there, there will be there. snack in the front yard. There will be snacks in the front <laughs> yard, but you might not be allowed in the house. Um, and for me, the ones who are allowed in the house, if I see aspects of you that that I would like to implement in my own life, and um, then you might be ac- have access into the house. So if I, if you have a level of integrity or maturity that I seek after for myself, that I see that you um, walk out in your everyday life, then that you're somebody who I, I want because I feel like you can speak to me in that area. If you have, especially when it comes to maturity, um, because it's especially when you're living in vulnerability with people, you want people who can who aren't afraid to tell you about yourself, but you know that they're coming from a position of love. So I think that sometimes people um, like to say, you know, I'm not afraid to tell you about yourself, but it comes from a place of maybe jealousy or hurt, but they try and clothe it in love, but it doesn't come across like that. So knowing that maturity and love and their intentions are always the best for you to be your best person, for you to walk in what the Lord has called you to be in. Um, And they can call you out but also be like this is this is what the lord has called you to be is the way that you spoke or the way that you're dealing with the situation lining up with that so if i can see that you have a marriage that i would love to have for myself then you're you're going to be somebody who i could at least consider you for the um inner circle if the career or the way that you deal with your personal relationships your relationship itself your relationship with god um then you are somebody who i consider for the inner, inner circle awesome yeah, I mean, I, I would echo everything everyone was sharing. I was just thinking about my own life, and I think, um, I mean, a couple things stood out in the, that scripture, even the part where David said, um, I will silence those who slander my friends. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a lot of, you know, in the, in the face of not being confrontational, sometimes we allow people to speak about people we love in any kind of way. And I think the scripture in that just popped out to me and I'm like, yeah, silence those who, you know, who slander your friends. Absolutely. Cause that's love. But I was thinking about myself, um, in terms of who I choose in my friendships, I've gone on a really like interesting journey. Um, I personally, I'm kind of like Miranda. I am a very deep lover. I have my husband and I joke about this, that I drive a Humber, you know, is it a Humber? Humber. Hummer, Hummer, Hummer. Those big vehicles that are like on, you know, huge wheels when it comes to friendship tank and he drives a Mini Cooper. You know the Mini Cooper, the little British car? Yeah. Um, So I have this place, this reservoir of wanting like deep, authentic relationships. And over the years, I've gone about it in a way that I'm like, oh, like anybody could be a friend. I want to be a friend with you, with you, with you. And it's left me, you know, with a trail of like betrayal and heartache and pain and all those things. And I think that over the years, I've learned that because of what we do, obviously pastoring, because of the calling on our life and because of the journey uh, with the Lord that I walk and the depth of relational capacity that I have, that how I choose my friends, like David said, that I'm not choosing people, I think you said it too, 
that walk, people have to walk in a high level of integrity. Because if I have a weekday and you're like, it's not that bad, go ahead, you know, whatever. Or it's not that bad, you know, just eat this cake right now, you'll be okay tomorrow, you know, contributing to my slow death. Yeah, no. Um, whatever the case may be, you know, I think it's really important um, for me on how I've journeyed because of the pain of betrayal and just all sorts of stuff and being in the position that I am as um, co-pastoring with Pastor Brendan, there are a lot of like unrealistic uh, expectations put on, like just a whole bunch of stuff. And I've just had to say, okay, if I'm gonna have a circle of friends, I'm gonna be very careful who gets the real, like all aspects of my authentic self. I mean, I'm not someone here that I'm not at home, but I'm going to choose what level of depth I open up my heart to just because of all the, that we journey together in. So that'd be my answer on that. Awesome. Well, there's much more that we could discuss, but we have reached our time and we want to honor that. So we have moved through it well. So let's do this. We want to, um, we're just going to pray because we want to pray this month that every single one of us will go deeper in relationships. And each one of us, that's a different journey. But even this week, and uh, we're going to pray, and then Pastor Sharon and Pastor Sam are going to share with you a bit more about the challenge this week that you can be part of to go deeper in relationship. So let's just bow our head. Let's just, I want you just to hold your hands out like you're receiving from the Lord. Those of you who are joining us online, you can just put yourself in position to receive. And I'm actually asking my wife if she would just pray a prayer over us in this area as we bring things to a close today. So Father, I just thank Thank you for every person that is here, every son, every daughter, Father, that you've made us to relate to others. And Father, even though we may have a packed load of friends or we may only have one, Father, I pray in this month that we would go deeper in our friendships. Father, I pray that you would touch the areas of our heart that have been stricken with betrayal, with hurt, with pain in relationships. Father, that you would mend those areas. Father, for those of us who may be selfish with our time and, and don't feel like we need other people, God, that you would go to those places of our heart and that you would change us because the body needs the body. And Father, I thank you right now that God, even as we begin the challenge this week, as we begin to do things outside of ourselves, God, that we would grow because this is about going deeper with you. This is about going deeper with the community of people that you've placed around us. So Father, I pray that we would glean from this challenge this week and that Lord each and every one of us would be more would be made to be more like your son Jesus and we thank you for that in the name of your son amen and father I just pray as well today especially in this area of friendship God for anyone who's here anyone who's tuning in online and they're really feeling a gap in this area they're they're really crying out and saying God I want I, I need friends I need more friendship and God I pray in 2022 that you will give that to them God, help them to see maybe changes that they need to make, but also that they wouldn't always just put the blame on themselves, but also that you will open doors, God, and just even in our church family, you will build such great friendships and relationships, and uh, yeah, we'll never be perfect at it, but that you will really work in us in this. There will be a koinonia, a fellowship of joining together, and so we thank you for all this in Jesus' name, and everyone agreed, said... Amen. Amen. All right. Well, can we give these ladies a hand and thank them so much they did. And I want to welcome Pastor Samuel to come and Pastor Sharon. They're just going to share for a few moments about the challenge that you can get involved this week. And then we're going to dismiss. Awesome. 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 Good job, men and ladies. You guys did an awesome job. 
that was amazing. I was back there, like just, just. Oh, I was gonna say I was back there. I was like, what were you doing back there? What were you <laughs> listening doing to the deep revelation on peer relationship? That was amazing. I really did. You guys enjoy the panel? Yeah, that was amazing. That was really good. I really love what you what you ladies are talking about. That was really good. Yeah, you guys you guys had a couple of good points in there. Yeah, just a couple, just a couple, just a couple. Well, we want to let you know how you can be involved in the. Peer relationship. Peer relationship. Peer relationship. This is exciting, guys. We have amazing challenges coming your way. So this was the start of it. So this week, you can sign up by either going uh, at torontocitychurch.com and, and filling out the information, information there, or there's a QR code behind me. There is a QR code behind me. You can take out your phone, scan it, scan it, click on the link, fill out your information so that you get the videos that we have made. We prepared some pretty awesome videos. Yes, we did. We did. And so here's generally, once again, what happens with this is that every day you're going to have a challenge. Say every day. Every day, you're going to have a challenge. You're going to have some questions to think about. You're going to have a quote in there, some scripture to meditate on. That is to take you deeper in peer relationships. So out of the challenges, you probably have about uh, four options. You're going to pick one, unless you want to do all of them. And it's really simple ways. You don't have to, like, schedule an hour to get this done. You don't have to schedule, like, you know, you don't have to, like, slave over it. There's nothing like that. It really is really, really simple. But it is. How many people know that you grow because you intentionally do? do something. That's good. So we're going to intentionally step into a moment as a church and say, hey, I'm willing to do a simple act of, you know, I think um, Andrew said it, kindness, goodness. I'm, I'm, I'm going to step outside of myself to look yeah. to somebody else this week. Yeah. Right? And you know, there's a Bible verse in Proverbs that says that those who are friendly will have friends. Say it again. Those who are friendly will have friends. Which implies that if you're not friendly... You have no friend, nobody, <laughs> nobody. We don't want anybody not having anybody. No, because right? we are about community. We are about going deeper in relationships. So this is an opportunity for you to reach out to a friend, to go deeper in your peer relationships, in your friendships, and do kingdom. This is kingdom. This is how Jesus did life. And we're doing Earth. it this month. So get on board. So you're going to register. Your name is going to go into a draw. A draw. Because we like to, you know, what is, what is community without food and prizes? It's true. Right? I'm a firm believer that you got to walk away with something. It's true. You walk away with great relationships and a little piece of something in your pocket. Maybe yes. a gift card. Maybe a, a really good gift. We give good gifts. So we it do. will be we a do. good gift. So it'll be a good gift. Be a so good gift. once again, register. If you can register by today so that you'll get the stuff into your inbox by tomorrow, you will be ready to go. Awesome. 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 So we are going to close. How about with that? You want to give us So, Father, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have uh, to gather as a community, to go deeper together in relationships, Father. And this week, as we talked about pure relationships, friendships, Father, I ask, Lord, that you would remove from our hearts every hindrance that stops us, Father, from being vulnerable, from being seen, from being heard, from being um, just in, in community, Father. God, I ask that your perfect love 
would cast out all fears, Father, from our heart. And Lord, I ask, Lord, that you would heal our hearts where we've been wounded, where we've been disappointed, God. And God, I ask, Lord, that your word says that you place the lonely in families, that, Father, those of us who feel lonely, alone, not seen, not heard, not understood, that, Lord, that you would bring the right community around us, God. And, Lord, that you would give us the boldness to step out of our shell, God, and step into relationship, Father, and even those of us who have adopted our pain and our hurt and our insecurities as part of our personality. God, I ask, Lord, that you would show us where we've adopted things that doesn't belong to us because of pain and hurt, and that you would remove those things from us so that we can abide in the fullness of kingdom. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. And with that said, we're going to practice a little deeper relationship. So as you get up to go this morning, find somebody in the room that you do not know or have not seen since pre-COVID and greet them with a broad smile so they can see your eyes. <laughs> and smile with at the, them with your eyes. Smile with them Give them an eyes. air high five. Give them an air high five. Bam. There you go. Maybe, maybe an air if, hug. And if they're comfortable, then maybe just do one of these, right? Just like that. Just like that. Just make sure you don't have COVID. All right. Have an awesome week, church family. We love you. Cue churchy elevator music.